Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the only podcast that's always here to hold the boombox, blaring third eye blinds jumper in times when you feel like your life has stepped to the edge. This is Tall, Dark, and Random. I am your host, Nicholas Grooms, and with me always here in a little bit will be my dear friend, Mr. Bath and Body Works Candle Set himself, Addison Morgan. Wow, we've gotten so many questions about Addison's Bath and Body Work uh, candle line that is supposed to launch this October that actually doesn't exist. Uh, if you don't know what the hell we're talking about, go back through the archives. Listen, listen to the last two episodes uh, that we've had on this program and uh, join in on all the fun and the joke that uh, is just continuing on into its third week here. Wow, we were so excited to get any kind of feedback, even if it's feedback like that. Uh, the show just keeps growing every week and I couldn't be more excited about it. It has become the highlight of every single week for me. Uh, to just sit down and create the show and record a little something for you guys. And just to know you're listening and give it, you know, or giving it your time means the entire world to me. As uh, I don't ever feel like my life is all that interesting. But uh, you guys seem to find a lot of humor in it and a lot of, uh, a lot of heart, hopefully, as well. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Speaking of heart... Man, one of the biggest hearts I've ever uh, spoken to and one of the most positive people I've ever spoken to, Hope Hernandez, Addison and I's friend from Garden City, Kansas. She's running a business called the Curb Appeal Boutique. It's a very unique pop-up business she's running in Garden City, Kansas. And uh, man, she's bringing small town entrepreneurship uh, into the forefront. You know, she's bringing this big city idea back home and uh, really, really helping people turn corners. She's teaching people how to network. She's teaching people how to look on the bright side. She's just one of the most positive souls I've ever met in my entire life. And you're gonna hear her story today. And the biggest part of Hope's story that I love is the unknown. Like Hope went into this, not really knowing how to make it happen. She just was very determined to do so. And I mean, I know a lot of people will always stand in your way and tell you that it can't be done and that to be reasonable and to be manageable. But you know what those people are? Those people are people who wish they had your drive and determination. And yeah, maybe they some want to see you fail, but some don't. You know, some are just too scared to even try. But man, we got one life. Shoot your shot. And uh, Hope sure shot hers. And I can't wait to talk to her on the program today. A little bit later, following Hope, we're going to have my dear friend Kaylee Newell coming on talking about the Cystic Fibrosis foundation and what we can do to raise awareness and help her out in uh, in her journey and man Kaylee is another positive soul she's one of those people who uh, you know she's always supporting the things that I do as far as like she'll buy the books she'll show up to the shows always one of the first faces I see in the venue anytime I'm in town and, uh, you know, it's a good time to say this, you know, is if you're like Kaylee and you're a friend of mine and you've always supported me, I want to support you guys back. You guys can come on this show anytime and plug anything you're doing, especially if it's something like this that's going to help other people and, uh, you know, is changing lives. That's what the show is about. We're, we're, we're about laughing and having a good time, but also like finding a little bit of heart and something to take away from each and every episode. And uh, wow, Kaylee is the perfect person to raise money for anyone because she is just one of the most entertaining people and fun and caring people I've ever met but I really look forward to having her on the show and now the point you all wait for every single week especially myself because I get to unburden my heart or blow a gasket or whatever it's going to be that week for better or for worse my thoughts of the week and you know I had a pretty good week uh, all around I cannot really complain 
very much about anything. I had a couple of anxious days in there, you know, I will admit. I had a two-day spell where I had to deal with a couple of very tense situations, and I didn't want to, you know. Man, I just really hate when I get to a point where my anxiety just rules my world. And and I knew I was there the other day because, you know, I average you about ten to 12,000 steps a day, and uh, I'm trying to work out and hike and, and jog, and, you know, I, I've actually have plans to try to do a couch to 5k here pretty soon and uh you know i've been really working hard at it but i noticed i had a way more steps than normal the other day but didn't do too much out of the norm and then i realized i was so stressed out about uh my situations that i was dealing with in my personal life that i had just paced myself probably 14,000 extra steps in two days and uh it wasn't good for me i could tell i was just mentally and physically fatigued um, it's bad, man. Sometimes anxiety will get you. It'll make you feel like you were working in a field in the heat all day. And uh, I know a lot of you identify with that and, and understand that feeling, but some people just don't get that anxiety really wears you down. It's really like having uh, someone on your back putting a sleeper hold on you all day long. And uh, those days for me were uh, definitely, definitely extreme, extreme lows. But uh, just one little thing turned it around for me. And uh, it wasn't just Hope's advice to be positive all week long, but it was uh, just something as far as like my fandom went. You know, I had uh, posted something on Twitter joking around. There was an All Elite Wrestling event uh, Saturday night. So ahead of the event, I had posted up something about uh, listening to the band Fozzie, which is frontmaned by Chris Jericho my all-time favorite wrestler. And uh, I posted it online, and Chris Jericho went out of his way to retweet that and uh, give me a shout-out on my weight loss. And uh, that really, really, really pumped me up. You know, the greatest of all time, acknowledging me and acknowledging the things that I'm doing as well. Uh, Just a fantastic feeling, but it really got me back on track, you know? It made me want to go out and uh, try to be a better human being this week. And I will say, I am one of the most dog shit human beings of all time when it comes to fads or trends or things going on in the world that everyone's doing. Like, I don't... Man, those uh, videos everyone used to do where I don't even know what they're called, but everyone would dance in them and they'd put them online. Or like the Harlem Shuffle, is that what it was? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, something like that, you know, or the ice bucket challenge. Like that was for awareness for something. And I didn't participate in that. Not a single glass of water of ice water went over my head at all. And the only awareness that was raised was the fact that I'm an angry old man screaming at the sky most days, but I just don't get into that. I don't like new clothes. I I, I mean, I, there was that romper trend and I, everyone just looked like, you know, half frat boy, half old man hybrid. And, you know, that's the only time I've ever been like, okay, Second Amendment, I get I get it, you know. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't get into things. Like, new music, just, I don't get it. I haven't listened to anything new that I've liked in about five years, I would say. I think the closest thing to liking any of it is is a, a couple of close friends and people I know are listening to Billie Eilish. And I, I thought that was okay because it kind of reminds me of Portishead. But, you know, I don't get Cardi B. I just don't get it, guys. I don't get why anyone listens to Cardi B. I can pull the fire alarm in any building and not have to pay for the album because there it is, blaring me out of a burning building. But at that point, I think I'd rather just stay in the building. So I don't know. I don't get trends and I don't get fads and I don't get social media things that people are into. But, you know, this thing came up this week. I figured if I was going to participate in a social media trend this year, it should be one that was easy and then didn't require much effort. And, you know, sitting down and eating something seemed within my wheelhouse. 
And you guys know this by, uh, you may not know this by looking at me, but I'm pretty damn good at uh, eating things. Simply put, you know, I've had a few reps. So I decided to go out and get myself a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And, uh, you know, we get there, we roll in, and I'm expecting, you know, sparse crowd because I don't live in a bigger area like a lot of you guys. You know, I've moved out here to the sticks where I've got to drive 15 minutes into town uh, to a town of 12,000. Like, if you were to take my little town that I live in and then, like, the six around it, you still wouldn't have as many people as, like, Garden or Dodge City. It's ridiculously small out here. So I didn't think my wait time would be too severe, but... We go in and we get in line and uh, in front of us is just this angry guy with like the worst tattoos I've ever seen. And he's got them absolutely everywhere. This guy's got like a Confederate flag on his face and a big snake with a sword on his arm. And I mean, it goes all the way down. His legs are covered in, you know, warlocks and wizards and willow and whatever. I don't know. Just all kinds of like mythical stuff, but poorly done with a, you know, a needle and and a pen in his bathroom. So he's in line, and you can tell he's been there for a while, because he's just angry, and as soon as he sees me, he glares at me like, you know, I'm going to try to hop in front of him or something and order all the sandwiches before he can have one. So I'm already, like, you know, feeling a little, like, anxious because this guy keeps mugging me, of all people, and I I think, realistically, he's mugging me, of all people, because I'm the only one who was, like, as tall as him. You know, he was over six feet, I'm over six feet. But he just looked like he wanted to headbutt my face for walking into the restaurant. But we're waiting for this, this, you know, this sandwich in line. We get ordered and we sit down. And, you know, we didn't wait the two hours like a lot of people were complaining about. But we did wait for quite a while. It was about half an hour, I think, till we got our sandwiches. And in the time we were standing up there, this phenomenon, like, truly hit me and enveloped my entire self because I realized that in the time I was sitting there that I may not get a sandwich as I heard them rattling off order after order after order. Chicken sandwich, chicken sandwich, four spicy chicken sandwich, drive through chicken sandwich. And they're just yelling chicken sandwich. I've never heard those two words uttered together more than on that day. But, you know, in true Popeye's fashion, they bring it out, and it's pretty damn good. And they apologize for the wait time by giving me a free fried pie. So it's like, you know, as a guy who's trying to lose weight, I had another conundrum on my hand. It was like a, not like a reward. It was kind of giving me another chore. But overall, you know, it was like I was kind of glad I participated because the next day, I think it was, they had announced online that they were completely sold out and uh, you weren't able to get them anywhere and that they would be back soon. But, uh, you know, it was kind of fun to go out and try something. It just uh, wasn't so much fun that I think I would ever do something like that again. You know, it's uh, okay to do every once in a while, but I'm just not, I'm just not the guy. I am not cut out for (laughs) waiting in line or, you know, following the social trends. And I mean, if you guys want to really know how bad that is for me, like, Everyone loved Game of Thrones, so I haven't watched a single episode. It was the same with Breaking Bad. I didn't watch Breaking Bad until it was off the air. And I was like, you know, now I can enjoy it and absorb it and not, like, let everyone else ruin it for me. And I love Breaking Bad, so maybe in another three years or so, after Game of Thrones has been off the air long enough, uh, I can watch that show again and find this guy in Popeyes and help him pick a new tattoo. (sighs) Anyway, that's pretty much been the bulk of my week. Nothing too exceptional. 
but uh, I do want to give one shout out here before we go to a little break and come back with Hope Hernandez. We're going to be talking about our moms today, the wonderful women that molded the lives of Nicholas Grooms and Addison Morgan. Uh, we were going to try to have my mom on the show this week. Things just got a little twist and a couple of twists and turns here that uh, made that not possible. But we will have my mom on on a later date because I think, you know, we have two amazing interviews on the show already. And uh, we should save my mom for another day. And, uh, you know, that'll be a whole show within itself if we can ever get our moms to do the podcast. But, uh, you know, I, I want everyone to know my mom wanted to do the show today. And uh, it's my fault she's not on. And uh, it's going to be hella entertaining when she is. So uh, there's a little uh, feeler for that. Hopefully you'll be digging that in the future. But I want to give a shout out to uh, a good, uh, a, a great artist who got a song for us this week on the show. It's Syntax the Terrific. He's going to be bringing us a track called Curb Appeal. And man, what a fitting song to go with the Curb Appeal Boutique theme we're going to have for the day. We're going to be talking to Hope Hernandez in just a little bit. And then we'll be back with Addison and I uh, doing our best uh, against the White Claw to uh, bring you a decent show this week. Thank you guys for listening into another episode of the show. If you guys are telling your friends to check us out, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star rating. Uh, write us a nice little review. Anything is, is uh, helpful to the show and helps us prosper forward. But uh, if you're telling them to listen to the show, tell them to listen to the more recent episodes. Those are better. We're, like, really finding our niche and carving it out. We're not as nervous and and kind of feeling it out. And also let us know what you guys like. Hit us up on social media. We're going to give out our social media plugs about a million times every show. So I'm at Nicholas Grooms on Twitter, and I'm at official Nicholas Grooms on Instagram. Hit me up anytime. And if you don't want to do either of those, it's tall, dark, and random podcast at gmail.com. We're going to be back after a special word from a guy who, I don't know, he kind of sounds like a guy I know, I think, uh, in this little promo here that we're going to play. But I don't know. He, some people say it sounds a little like me. I don't, I don't think he sounds anything like me at all. But anyway, we'll be right back with Hope Hernandez in just a little bit. And uh, song at the end of the show, one last time, Syntax the Terrific with Curve Appeal. You're listening to Tall, Dark, and Random. Well, you know something, Mean Gene. I've been listening to this podcast. It's available for free on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Breaker, on Anchor, and just about everywhere. Podcasts are available, dude. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about my boy, Nicholas Grooms. I'm talking about my dude, Addison Morgan. And we're talking about tall, dark, and random, brother. You know what? I'm all for a podcast that's all about dropping the leg on anxiety, about slamming adversity, and conquering your demons like I did that big old giant at WrestleMania 3. You know what it's all about? It's all about the vitamins. It's all about the prayers. It's all about the white claw. It's all about the bath and body works candle deals dude it's all about the biggest arms in the business 24 inch pythons drinking the milk taking the vitamins doing everything you can every single day little holsters just like addison just like nicholas what you gonna do brother what you gonna do when nicholas grooms addison morgan the bath and body works candles the largest arms in the business and tall dark and random run wild on you everybody welcome back to the program i am now joined by someone who deserves this introduction she's a mother a professional a wife a daughter an entrepreneur a best friend and an all-around badass my good friend hope hernandez hope how are you 
I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, great. I was so glad when I saw that on your Instagram that I was like, I'm totally reading this as her introduction. <laughs> I had to, I know, I like those Instagram, uh, like little plugs, like your little bio. I'm like, okay, I've got to come up with a good one. <laughs> and I had to put that like badass in there just, just to remind myself of like all the things that I've done. <laughs> it, it was awesome when I read it. I felt like I was watching Mean Girls when that guy gives him that card and he's like, it says badass MC at the end of it. <laughs> Like, yes, yes. It was so good. Uh, but with that introduction, I think it's probably easier at this point to just ask you what you don't do rather than what you do. But uh, for the sake of the show, uh, tell us about your business, the Curb Appeal Boutique. Like, I saw this online. My, my mom was like, oh, it's, it's such a cute little store. It's a little trailer. You got you to gotta look it up. And, you know, I looked it up, and I was like, man, this is a really cool, like, business model. And then I found out you owned it, and I was like, I, I should probably bring her on the show. Yes, yes. So, Curb Repeal Boutique. Uh, so, we have um, a mobile shopping boutique, and it is inside of a vintage camper that we found on eBay, which is like a whole other crazy story in itself. Um, for the longest time, like, I, I work full-time, but I have just had this, like, thing on my heart that I wanted to do something else, and I wanted to own a business, and I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and it just kept knocking on me, like, every single day. Like, I just could not stop thinking about it. So I was like, okay, I am going to do something. I have no clue what I'm going to do, but I'm going to be a business owner, and I'm going to figure it out. Like, whatever it is, it's just going to come to me. So I started just thinking about ideas and getting on YouTube and the Internet and, like, just thinking about what I could do. And then one day I was just sitting at my house, and it just popped in my head, like, mobile shopping boutique. And... I loved everything about it, but I had no clue how to even, like, get started. I didn't know what to do or, like, where I would even find the clothes or, you know, how that would work. And I love the idea of the, the mobile vending, like, business model because, you know, it's not my full-time gig and it would – um, it would basically afford me the ability to do something on the side and generate like a little bit of income for myself and for my family and um, not have a whole bunch of like overhead and expenses. So, you know, the camper, like that was a one-time purchase and I basically have to pay for like internet, my point of sale system. And I don't, you know, I don't have like a building, so I'm not paying like rent or something for like that. So I, I love the mobile vending life once I really got into it and I started re researching it um, just because it just has low overhead and it was something that I could do um, here and there when I wanted and it wouldn't be like a huge burden on my family and like our budget. That's such a like smart business model though. It's like pop-ups are like really in right now too. It's like a you just go anywhere and I, I know there's a guy in Lawrence, Kansas who used to do pop-ups for like toys and collectibles and now he's got a shop like on Mass Street, but uh, this to me, like, you could just take it anywhere. You could just go to, like, fairs or, you know, little uh, flea market things that they're doing. Yes, yes. So we've been doing lots of events, like, here in Southwest Kansas, and it is a new... Um, it is a new thing to Southwest Kansas. So we do have like a ton of food trucks and that is super popular. But um, I 
I think maybe in western Kansas, there's only like two mobile shopping boutiques, two or three. Um, and so it's kind of a new thing. And so I wanted to bring like that big city feel to Southwest Kansas because they have these like all, of course, like all over California, there's a ton of them. There's even like an association for mobile shopping boutiques and, um, yeah, so I, I didn't realize that. So like there was a, there was like the very, very first one that they had in California, those women that started that. Um, they started an association and you can get on YouTube and kind of, that's where I started. Like I figured out everything on YouTube, like I YouTube my entire business. Um, and I wasn't like in the beginning when I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, and I thought a boutique, well, like there's so many boutiques and that's not like an original idea. And I kind of shot it down at first, but um, then I thought about it. I'm like, just because some like other people have a boutique, and it doesn't mean that I can't do that too, because my boutique is going to be like a reflection of me and that's, what's going to make it different. Like who cares if there's competition, who cares that someone else has the same business, your business is unique because of you. And like, people are going to come to you and to your business, um, because of you, right. They're going to buy from you, not exactly. because of this shirt. Right. Yeah. So exactly. that's kind of how I got started there. And see, I, I love that too, because it's like I'm always happy to see your Instagram stories. You know, you post like with the intention of like inspiring and helping out people, and it's very you and very genuine. And you don't post seven thousand times a day with a uh, "Join my pyramid scheme" tacked on the end. You know, it's like <laughs> you're just like, here's what we have, and you know, maybe you like it, maybe you don't. You know, but maybe you'll find something you like, and it's just you know. It's implied that it's like, hey, this is for everyone, but you're all over it. Like, it's like, it's totally your style and you can tell. One of the cool things that my business has allowed me to do is reach out to like other business owners. So I don't know if you've seen us like on our page, we do collab. So we've collabed with like Central Cup Coffee here and like Edgar Meza, who does photography, does amazing photography. And so we partner together to like help promote our businesses online. And so we can, you know, gain um, customers and followers. And um, that's been a really cool experience too, just hanging out with the other business owners in town and being able to meet them and so that that's been really really awesome that's how we help each other grow though you know it's like uh we all went to school in garden city and and dreamed of doing something like this when we got older you know i never thought i would be sitting here you know as an author and a podcaster and and you know getting paid money to do it but you know that's just kind of how it felt you know i I think when i was younger i just thought i'm gonna be the we're gonna be the next limp biscuit as lame as that sounds (laughs) and i know edgar was into like rapping and you know a lot of different things like that, but every, it's interesting to see like how everyone's like creative like outlet changed over the years, you know, and morphed into businesses and things that like fuel our passion. But that's so great that you, you know, you're all working together and like trying to grow the community. Like that's how a community grows. Yes, yes. And, you know, starting a business, it's such a nerve wracking thing, right? Because you're investing money into something and you're basically the only one on earth that believes in your idea, right? Like I, to this day, like I have, I have people like in my family who, when I first started, like my mom was not all about it. She's like, you're too busy. And I had like people at my full-time job say, well, aren't you busy enough? And, like, to this day, like, I have family members who are just not supportive of it. 
but that's okay. And I'm okay with them not backing me a hundred percent because like, this is my dream, right? This is my business Mm -hmm. and no one on earth is going to believe in it as much as I do. And it's okay that I have people that say, Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Or you're, you're too busy or you're going to be spending money on this and that. Um, and I think that's what deters a lot of people from starting a business is they have people in their lives and people in their head saying, oh, that's stupid or don't do that or, you know, someone else has a boutique. Like, that's not unique. Um, I think that that's one thing that stops people from just, like, moving forward. But, um, you know, those those people don't – like, you don't have to like it. Um, this is what I'm doing. Thank you for your opinion. I appreciate that. Um, but I'm doing it anyway. So I think – if more people had that, uh, I like just mindset going into it, then they would pursue more of the things that are on their heart. So exactly, I, I think everyone plays armchair quarterback so easily, you know, to anyone doing anything in life, and I, I get that all the time. You know, I'll I'll get critiques on albums I put out, like, oh, if you if you didn't write just depressing songs about bad things that have happened to you all the time. They may write a party song, but I'm, that's not me. You know, <laughs> I'm yeah. not in that. You know, I, I like poetry and I like stories. And, you know, I, I hear the same thing all the time. Like, you should quit doing this and, and, and do something else. And But this is what I love to do and, and what I wake up for every single day. And I got one life and I'm taking my one shot while I'm here. And uh, I, I encourage anyone to do the same. You know, I have family members who don't like what I do and don't like, the message I convey or what they take away from it, but it doesn't matter because this is my life and what I'm doing with it. Exactly, exactly. I was listening to a couple of your other shows, your podcasts, and I was like, this is so cool. Like, that having a podcast, like, that's awesome. You wrote a book. Like, that's that's totally cool. That's amazing. I could never, never do those things. And see, I didn't either. It's just knowing when to grow with what you're doing. It's like I was doing the music for a while, and it's just gotten to a point where, you know, you kind of hit a wall. You know, if you're not going to be ultra successful at it, you just hit a wall and it's always going to be the same. So you've got to grow from it. And about the time I was doing that, I all of a sudden had all these people like, oh, you know, you're writing these funny statuses about things that happen to you at work. And it's just frustration, you know. I feel like half of the time I'm important and I'm, I'm out doing things that matter to me. And then the rest of the day I'm stuck, you know, at a hotel desk checking people in and, uh, you know, just doing the toiling crap I don't want to do. So my venting, <laughs> my, my, my method became venting online about it. And I'm not one of those people, I don't like to post videos of myself or anything like that. So I, I would just put statuses. And, you know, it just started getting around and got word of mouth. And I thought, you know, someone was like, you should put out a book. And then I was like, I should. You know, I've always wanted to write one and I just never knew how to. So I spent the next two years, kind of like you, uh, you know, figuring out how to open the business and everything figuring out how to write a book and edit a book and and it was so much work but when it was done it opened all these other doors and and i think it's just knowing when to grow with with your craft exactly exactly like i use so many resources too and then like just here in town like going to the economic development department and like totally bugging the crap out of the lady at the kansas state revenue office and just like figuring out exactly what I needed to do and all of the different licenses I needed and um it's all like figure outable right like there's nothing that you're going to do that someone already hasn't done or someone already hasn't screwed up so you might as well (laughs) just like 
go out there and do it. And if you fail, like, who cares? Like, I have a bigger fear of regret than I have a bigger fear of failure. Like, I will admit all day long if I've done something and totally fell on my face, but I don't want to be, like, 100 years old, laying in bed, dying, and have regret that I never did that one thing that I wanted to do. Exactly. Like, I think it, it, and it's that's like, my biggest fear. I think I have so many people tell me, you know, oh, I could never do that. It, it, I just don't have time. I don't have, you know, we have the same 24 hours. It's just what you do with that 24 hours. And it's like, uh, you know, when I, when I was getting started and starting to, like, really pick up musically, I would have to work all day long and then come home, and there'd be nights I would record for, you know, half an hour. There'd be nights I'd mess around in there for two hours. Sometimes I would just go until the sun came up. But it was like just finding your time and, and putting the work in, I think, scares people more than anything. It's like putting all that time in and getting nothing out of it is, like, what scares people the most. Yes, and you know what, and that's kind of, like, I don't know if you've, like, seen on my Instagram that I've been running lately and waking up at, like, ungodly hours mm -hmm. of the morning, um, but that's why I started doing that, because I'm like, you know what, this is, like, my only life that I'm ever going to get, I better start, like, living my best damn life and just, like, getting up and feeling good and not hitting snooze, like, 15 times before I wake up, and, like, I'm delaying starting my life when I do that. Yeah. And so, and like since I started running, I feel so good and I have so much energy and I can show up as a better wife and I can show up as a better mother and a better employee and a better friend and to all these people in my life that I'm supposed to be serving well. And I can't do that if I feel like shit and I have no energy. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you actually inspired me to get up and go do my, uh, my laps earlier the other day you posted something i don't even remember what the quote was but i was like god it's like she posted that for me because i have this <laughs> i have this bad habit of like uh, i will work on things all night and uh, you know ever since i've gotten to arkansas it's been kind of weird because uh, i worked overnight shift at a hotel for a little bit and i ended up quitting and so now i just kind of run my own thing at home you know i sell collectibles and i do the writing and the podcast and so my hours are just wonky, and I keep telling myself, ah, we'll get corrected here soon. I'll just sleep in again today, you know. Usually I sleep from maybe 6 till 10 or noon or whatever. But uh, I saw your quote the other day, and yesterday was the first day I got up and actually did my laps early. I'm, I'm not jogging or running like you yet, but I'm working my way up. <laughs> so, yes. But I was like, you know, damn it, Hope, as soon as I saw that. <laughs> What quote was it? I don't remember. Uh, it was something about, like, uh, rising, being up in the morning or something like that. And then there was, like, a video of you running early. And I was like, God, i got to stop being so, so lazy and just get up and do it. And... <laughs> it sucks. Like, it sucks so bad. Like, I obviously, I, I don't ever, like, consider myself a morning person. I had to, it took me a long time to get to, like, where I'm at right now, and I had, like, really bad conversations with myself in bed where I'm like, okay, you're so tired, like, just sleep, like, it's not a big deal, and then, like, the other half of me is like, Hope, wake your ass up, get up, get your day started, like, I have this, like, battle with myself, and then I'm like, okay, like, if you're arguing with yourself in your head, you might as well wake up, exactly. but I... 
<laughs> I truly believe like it all starts with your morning routine. And once I've developed like a really good morning routine, then the rest of your day just kind of follows with it. Um, if you start your day out right and like wake up early and meditate or do your journaling or do your exercise or like whatever that looks like for you, if you have like that same routine that you do every single morning, then it helps the rest of your day um, just be so much better. And like, I have a really good example. Like last Monday, I had a really bad case of the Mondays. Like just from me stepping out of bed, I was already like, who's going to screw up my day? What are they going to say? Someone's going to call me with some crap today. Like, what are they going to do? Like, I was just like ready for a fight, like on a Monday. Right. So I caught myself and I was like, okay, you are like being weird and you're being grumpy and you have no reason to be acting like this. You just woke up. So instead of running that day, I just went for a walk and I was like, okay, this is going to be like my gratitude walk. And I just was like saying everything that popped into my head that I was, was thankful for, like just even the smallest, silliest things, like I'm so thankful that it's not hot out this morning and I'm thankful that I I'm thankful for these trees that are like producing oxygen for me and I'm thankful that I can have the ability to walk and that I'm not like in a wheelchair or you know just anything that popped into my head I just the whole time I was just saying things that I was grateful for um, and it really helped me change how I was feeling and it did take a bit of, like, self-awareness, right, to say, okay, you're super grumpy this morning. Why are you being this way? Like, how can we change that? But um, <laughs> I definitely recommend you doing, like, a gratitude walk in the morning because it will do you wonders for the rest of the day. See, like, I have, like, I think the anti-gratitude walk, and it helps me because <laughs> then I realize how, like, ridiculous I'm being. I'm like, stupid sun coming out, shorts riding up, this stupid humidity <laughs> making me sweaty. And it's just, and then I, by the time I'm back, I'm just like, oh, you're all right, you know. <laughs> yeah, you've got it all out. Sometimes I do that too, and I'm just like angry, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go run, and I'm gonna like take this out on the road, and I'm just gonna beat the road up, and then I'm gonna feel better. I, I don't know. I, I, I've tried to find. I've had this like newfound optimism the last few years, and I've been trying to like harness it. But you know, I feel like I've been gloom and doom since the womb for so long that. Uh, you know, it, it's to a point now where once it slides in, I think it's good because it's like, oh, I'm being so negative and I notice it now, you know, it's like, and then it just becomes funny to me instantly. Like, I don't know. It, it's just kind of fuel for me to continue my day when things are negative. But then, you know, I, I just want to see if I can correct them, I guess is what I'm saying. That's good. That's like your heightened sense of like self-awareness, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Definitely. Okay. So I, I have a question about, uh, like the curb appeal boutique like you were bringing up that you bought the the like the trailer on uh ebay and all this like what how long was this process of like getting all of this together oh geez um i think it took me like four or six months just from like idea to like an actual finished product um so my sister and i found this camper online 
and we're like okay this is the one like it's vintage it's perfect it's little and we drove to nebraska to buy it from some random guy and we're like he's gonna kill us he is gonna (laughs) kill us and like wear our skin like we're getting murdered today right but we went anyway and we're like you know what if we get murdered like oh well like we did it for a good cause um and so we went and he was the nicest man ever like he was the opposite of like the craigslist killer um he helped like we had never pulled anything before like never hitched up anything before so we were just like you know what there's a first time for everything and we're doing this and so he was super nice like helped us get it hitched up we had, like it was scary because we'd never pulled anything like behind our car before, like a trailer or anything. Uh, we only almost died twice on the way home, <laughs> which was good. And um, yeah, we got it home, and she was in rough shape, and um, we had to paint her. Like we just like went to Sherman Williams, and we're like, okay, we're painting a camper. Like, what do you think? And so they helped us like pick out some paint that wouldn't like peel off tomorrow. And yeah. Um, so, and then my dad is, like, really handy, and he knows how to, like, do woodworking and stuff, and when we bought her, her name's Matilda, by the way, we named her <laughs> Matilda, um, and we just, like, she was totally gutted on the inside, and so um, my dad helped us, like, fashion this stuff that kind of looks like shiplap, and, like, put, like, hanging bars in there we can hang clothes on and a new floor and um so when you go inside of it it looks like a little store and we even have a dressing room in there um and yeah so that took some time to kind of get everything together and she's old so like we had to like put silicone all over her so she wouldn't leak and so she wouldn't like it wouldn't rain and like ruin our clothes um so yeah it probably took um and then there was like the whole um trying to figure out how to buy clothes at wholesale uh-huh. no clue and like other boutique owners are really um secretive about that and like where they find their clothes and we found this girl online who was like i'm not keeping any secrets like i want you to be successful i want you to open your boutique and like she just told us all the like secret world of like boutique ownership on youtube and um like god bless her for doing that and that got us started to figure out like how we order clothes and um i'm glad that i partner with my sister because she can look at clothes online forever i'm the kind of person that will look at like page one and be like "Mm." like you, you pull it up and it's like 500 stores all at once and it's like I'm looking for a red shirt and it's like a thousand pages of red shirts and she just has the patience to go through and like look at each shirt to find like the perfect red shirt and I'm like page one nope didn't find it that that shirt doesn't exist (laughs) let's close it let's sell it (laughs) yes exactly like nope done like we're not gonna find any clothes um so I'm glad that I partner with her and she has a lot more patience than I do um, to find the clothes and then people have really responded to like our like little kind of funky boho style that we have and it's just different it's a little different than you can find here in the southwest corner of the world that we're in so well, I think it's really cool too it, like you were saying you kind of have your personal stamp and you know your I've noticed you guys have your own style and like the clothes are a lot different than stuff I've seen there but I think there's a lot to selling clothes to people because, you know, I know when I go into a clothing store and someone, like, takes the time to, like, help me find the right thing 
and I leave the store and I'm automatically getting compliments for what I'm wearing from someone that wasn't in the store, I felt I feel very taken care of, and I feel like uh, you know a good pair of clothes and uh, you know it really sets a tone for the day sometimes. You know when you go out and someone's like, hey, nice shirt, nice tie, you know, nice hat, just whatever it is. I, I think that's really cool that you're like able to do this for people. Yeah, and it's been really fun. Um, you know, we just try to be super kind to everyone that comes in, and we just want to create raving fans um, for people that come to see us, and we appreciate everyone that buys something, and we try to, like, do, like, a handwritten card for everyone that buys something from us uh, just to kind of personalize it and to show our appreciation. Um, one of, like, my favorite um, authors told me a really really great trick about about that and it's it like makes total sense like it's not um it's definitely not like something crazy or out of the box but it's just like if you appreciate the customers that you have then you're going to naturally and organically get more customers like stop worrying about how many followers you have because you can buy followers and they're fake and like they don't mean anything but it's your true like your true like hardcore 10 people that that love you and that love your brand and love your clothes those are the people that are keeping your business alive so if you just take care of those like 10 people really really well then eventually it'll turn into 12 and 15 and like a hundred and a thousand someday so that's what we do we just try to appreciate and like love on everyone that comes to see us at our events and that orders from us like on instagram or facebook and so it's been it's been a lot of fun and um it's working out pretty well so far we're almost one in october we will be one year old so i'm excited for that heck yeah that's awesome you know that's a true model to anything it's like i i I, we actually like on this episode that's going to be that aired last week we uh, we're talking about just touring and doing that you know it's like we i'd always have like at least the same 10 people or 15 people in every town show up and uh, it, it grows a little bit each time because you know as you just interact with them and show them you're a person and that you're just one of them you're not trying to be above them or you know or anything more than that you just want to be on their level and doing something you love and it really does bring people in, and uh, I, it's really cool to hear that that works in so many, like, other areas other than, like, music and books. And uh, For a minute there, I was like, hey, cards with books. Uh, I think Hope copped this from me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it just puts that, like, little touch of, like, oh, my gosh, they, like, recognize the fact that I ordered this book from them and um like I delivered some shoes to a girl yesterday and she sent me this message on Instagram like crying in hearts and like she was just so appreciative of me delivering her shoes and I'm like you know for me I'm like not a big deal like of course I would do that but you know not a lot of boutiques would just like deliver to your front door right and that's awesome it's just like putting your personal touch on it and people remember that like that's usually the first thing you hear it's like oh it was such a cool place and you know they gave me this card with it they like went out of their way to write a nice little card or you know and that's kind of what gave me the idea it's like i always remember getting you know gifts and reading the cards and just being like oh people wrote me this in the card and so i would start sending those out with my books i'd write a little poem and a card and just send it out and now people like actually pay for the cards you know just the cards and it's it's really cool you know to like somebody just wants something i wrote and is paying 10 bucks for it and you know it's very very flattering Yes, yes. 
So I know I've seen um, all of your cards like on Facebook when people would get your book and they would post your card, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And it wasn't just like a little generic message either; like it was a genuine message. Which sometimes is, those is took a, they they took a lot of time. Sometimes like there'd be like I'd sit here some nights and I'd just write for twenty straight hours, like you know, like oh my god, why did I do this to myself? You know? <laughs> but then when <laughs> I see people. Yeah, yeah, you get like 10 or 15 people posting them, and they're like, this is so cool. And then other people were just starting messaging me, how can I get a poem? Like, well, I, got, I guess for $10, I could spend an hour writing one, you know. And people just started paying for them. And uh, it, it was really, really cool. It got me through, uh, it got, that actually really got me through my grief period after my dad passed away. Like, just getting to sit down and get all of that out and, and put it somewhere good and help people. You know, I kind of made it to where I was like, hey, if anyone's got something going on, where they're struggling, just write in and I'll send them a free one. And I did a lot of free ones. You know, anytime they bought one, I would do a free one for someone else. And uh, it really, really, really got like got me through a really bad period there. Yeah, and see, like, you were doing something for someone else, or so you thought, but really it was doing for yourself, and it was like an outlet. Yeah. And I feel like, like I have, um, I have anxiety and I, I've listened to your podcast. I know you guys were talking about, like, depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Definitely not de – I don't have, like, depression. Like, I'm pretty much happy all the time. I was going to say – I do have anxiety. You, you, legitimately, <laughs> you legitimately just told me you were thankful for the, the air the trees made. And I was like, man, hope is so positive, man. Like, <laughs> I am. Like, I'm almost obnoxious about it. Like, I will have people call me at work, and they're just, like, so upset about something. And they probably think I'm the most annoying person in the world to them, like – but you're online today isn't that awesome and they're like yeah hope thanks <laughs> but I mean that like I love it like you writing poems and your music and your podcast like that's all like a really great positive way to like put your your like nervous or angry like energy out into the world in a really positive like constructive way um and that's how I see like my running um Sometimes when I get anxious, I will, like, organize closets in my house, and that makes me feel calm. Um, and so just anything that you can do, like, to put out your, like, nervous energy or your anger into, like, a positive, constructive manner, um, I think that's that's really helpful. Yeah, late, just lately, to uh, kind of get through the day. Lately, I've been, uh, like, since we've been healthy eating again, we've probably been doing it for, like, the last three weeks. I've been trying new recipes, and that's been kind of my way to, like, burn off some of my anxiety. It's just, like, sitting down and seeing how things are made and, like, watching videos on YouTube. Like, YouTube is so handy, by the way. We brought that up a lot today. <laughs> like, you learn anything I on YouTube. I love YouTube. And, like, oh, man, I'll just sit there and find things I want to make, and then I'll go to the kitchen and get all this stuff and make it. And then I feel so accomplished at the end, and... You know, then I have a good meal right after. So it, it's always like exactly. it, it, everything just kind of falls in an order. You know, the dominoes all fall together. And it, it's just great when that works that way. I know. I don't even watch TV. Like, I watch YouTube. And, like, YouTube teaches me all the things. Like, how to be a better mom. Like, how, like what are healthy school lunches to make. And how to organize your medicine closet. And, like, just, like, everything is on YouTube that you would ever want in life. And someone's already there, like, teaching you how to do it. So, yeah, definitely anything that you ever want to do is on YouTube. <laughs> For real, your house must be immaculate at this point. So I, yeah, like I, you should, okay, 
here's like a little trick. What you do is you go to the Dollar Tree and they have all of these bins, like organizational bins, and they're a dollar. Like it's amazing. And then you can go and like organize your snack cabinet and organize your linen closet. And like all of my closets are beautiful right now because I like went to town on all of them at the Dollar Tree. Good God. (laughs) (laughs) So positive. (laughs) I can't help it. It's like, it's like dog hair with you. Like I'm going to be like just going outside later and be like, God, it's so beautiful out here trying to pick it off my shirt. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh my god. No, I will do it. Like, if I feel bad, or if I like, I'm getting older, and I'll get out of bed, and I'm like, kind of achy, and I'm like, you know what? I am so thankful for these knees. Like, these knees have got me all sorts of places, even though they're achy. Like, I love these knees, and then like magically, they won't hurt anymore. So, oh, there's something to it, I guess. I know. Well, before we get out of here, Hope, I just want to I just want to ask you one more thing. You know, I've worked with a lot of women who uh, do, like, little projects, and I love watching them do projects at work. You know, like, I, I see them doing, like, cards for people, and, uh, you know, I know another one would do, like, catering sometimes, but just, you know, would always tell me, like, oh, I just don't have the time. And what, what would you say to them to, like, inspire them to do to do more? You know, I think I think if more people knew they, they had the ability to do more, the more they could actually do. So, you know, I feel like as a woman, we have so many responsibilities and so many people that we have to take care of, right? Like your, your significant other, or if you're a mother and you have children, or, and you have a job, and then you're like, what else could I possibly take on to, to have to take care of and like keep track of? Um, but really, if starting that business or earning that that side money is something that's important to you then you just have to do it and you have to find the time right so maybe that means that you do that on your lunch break or maybe that means you wake up 30 minutes earlier in the morning or you go to sleep like after you put your babies to sleep like you go to sleep you know 30 minutes after they do or whatever that looks like in your day Um, or asking for help, right? Like we, um, have so many people that we have to take care of and we don't ever just stop and say, Hey, can, you know, can you help me do this so I can have two hours to get away and like work on my business, you know, ask, ask a friend or trade time with another mom or ask your mom or your grandma or somebody to, you know, watch your kids for a couple hours so you can work on something that you believe in. And when you're doing that, when you take that time away to work on your business, you're taking time away to take care of yourself and listen to your own needs. I feel like we always put everyone's needs in front of our own and we don't spend a whole lot of time taking care of ourselves and worrying about our health and we're focusing on our dreams and the things that we want out of life because the truth is someday these babies are going to grow up and they're not going to need me anymore and then who am I going to be right (laughs) so I'm going to be the same person I'm going to be like this crazy entrepreneur who wants to stay busy and can't sit still and I'm glad that they're seeing me do all these things even though these things that I do take up a lot of time I'm teaching them these lessons of you know if this is something that you want if you have something on your heart that you want to do then go and do it like this is the only chance you're going to get to do it that's amazing and I I just want to throw in there we'll see how much you appreciate your knees in a few years (laughs) 
I know. Oh my god, <laughs> they're already falling apart. So I'm like, take your vitamins. <laughs> I want you to uh, let everyone know where they can find you online because I, I want to get as many people I, as I can uh, to your page because uh, even if you you can't shop there, you know, if you're not from Southwest Kansas, but you can still see Hope's like uh, Instagram stories. They're fantastic, and uh, maybe you can learn something. And I, you, you'd be willing to like take some questions from people or anything if they wanted to write to you. Of course, of course. If someone is out there and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to do this business, like how do I even get started? Reach out to me. I will help you out all day long. Like if there's something that you have a question about or you think that I can help you with, like reach out to me anytime. Um, You can find me. I have um, my like personal Instagram is Miss Hope Hernandez. And then my business is Cobra Peel Boutique. Like if you just type in at Cobra Peel Boutique. And then same thing on Facebook, we're at Cobra Peel Boutique. All right, Hope, we uh, just want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, you have been a big ray of positivity on this episode. And uh, if you didn't, li- I don't know if you listened to the show a couple weeks ago where I had like a giant anxiety breakdown. But uh, I was trying to do a couple positive ones in a row after this. So this has been fantastic. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, everybody. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Hope Hernandez. Uh, We're planning on having Hope on the show another time as well. Um, We're sorry for the recording quality of that. I'm not sure what happened with the mic there. If there was a little bit of hiss on it and this little thumping noise, and I just wanted to come on here and apologize for that. Hopefully you were able to listen to it anyway and everything was good. Um, we're going to have Kaylee Newell on in just a minute. And I want to thank Bulk Hogan for stopping by and dropping a little promo on us, brothers. That's a big thing for us here at Tall, Dark, and Random. A little positivity from the Bulkster. He'll be here regularly as a character on the show off and on. As well as someone we'll introduce to the show next week, which is a conglomeration of all the rappers on tour that I've met over the years that I have disliked. We're going to have a character by the name of Clyde T. Grissom, whom I'm never going to interview, I do not want to talk to, but he likes to call in and leave me voicemails. And I hope you guys enjoy it. It's something I've enjoyed writing, and uh, I'm hoping to do something with in the future. But you're going to get a little taste of him next week on the show. And I mean, uh, he's just a conglomeration of the guys I haven't liked on tour. There's a lot of guys I've enjoyed on tour, like the Rocky Youngs, you know, the Van Burens, the Mason Van Ghosts. Uh, you know, the far outs, like those guys are exceptional at their craft and exceptional human beings and uh, strive to make the scene a great place for all of us who are doing this in the Midwest. And, you know, as far as like (laughs) other rappers, you know, I go to a town every week and there's 14 dudes with egos who want to shit talk me and look me up and down like I'm there to uh, impede on their turf and then proceed to ask me to borrow my equipment every single show. You know, they want to borrow a laptop, they want to borrow a microphone, they want to borrow, you know, something to put their merch on, you know, and ask me for help. You know, that's not the way to do it. Network correctly. And uh, I've channeled that all into this conglomeration, this damn amalgam of an awful rapper. And you'll meet him next week on the show. But anyway, we're going to get ahead with this one. Kaylee Newell right now on the program, followed by Addison Morgan talking about our moms right here on Tall, Dark, and Random. Welcome back to the program. I just want to thank Hope Hernandez for being on the show once more. And uh, to kick off the theme, we had Hope, and we're joined by another kick-ass lady that I wanted to talk to today. Uh, my dear friend Kaylee Newell is here. She's going to be talking about cystic fibrosis and uh, her the way she's helping out. Kaylee, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Nick. I'm so glad to have you. 
can you tell us like a first? I guess first off, uh, for me especially, like I don't know a lot about cystic fibrosis. Can you kind of like fill us all in on what it is if if we don't know? Absolutely. So um, cystic fibrosis is a genetic disease. Uh, most people are diagnosed around two months old. Um, it's genetic and. So basically both mom and dad have to carry the gene for it to be passed on. There are, I don't know, like 2,000 different mutations. Um, so there's no cure, but all of the treatments that are out there right now, they don't treat every mutation. So um, what might work for person A might not work for person B. So the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, which is who we're raising money for right now, they are all donation funded and they help fund research to develop new drugs that will hopefully lead to a cure for all that are affected. What, uh, what kind of stuff do you, like what kind of symptoms do sufferers of this illness like face? Sure, um, it is, a lot of people think of it as the lung disease, which it is. Um, it creates a thick mucus in the lining of your lungs, and it is very difficult to breathe. Um, a lot of patients will liken it to breathing out of a straw, and if you ever tried to do that, it's very difficult. Um, but it also affects other organs such as the sinuses, uh, the GI tract, your liver, pancreas, skin, and even your reproduction. Most people that have CF um, can't have kids, so um, it affects your digestion as well. Most patients take handfuls of enzymes before they eat um, because they just can't digest their food properly. Wow, that is so. like, that's a lot of stuff. Like I, I, I knew very, very, like a very, very little bit about it coming into yeah. this, and uh, I didn't realize like it, it affected that much stuff. It does. It just it completely wreaks havoc on your entire body, and a lot of times people don't even look ill. Because, I mean, you can be pale, um, you can have club fingertips and things like that, but really, aside from those two features, as far as I know, that's about the only physical giveaway, and not everyone has those symptoms either, so. Well, tell us even a little bit Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, even though they're very ill, they may not appear to be. Right, so. right. Well, can you, like, uh, tell us a little bit about the, the foundation you're, you're helping here and how you got involved? Sure. Um, they have been around for about a little over 30 years. Um, I got involved through Tisha. If you guys know me, I'm sure you know Tisha. She's my sidekick. <laughs> um, she actually was nominated by a friend of ours last year to participate in this campaign, and then she nominated me to take her spot. So basically, it's an eight-week fundraising campaign, and we just go balls to the walls, raising money, trying to get sponsorships, um, doing all sorts of crazy events to raise funds. And um, basically, uh, at the end of it, we close it out with a big wine opener. Um, it's an annual event, and we have, like, high-end uh, restaurants and uh, breweries and things like that that come, and we do a tasting event. We have a silent auction, and it all, all of the, the ticket sales and everything like that goes to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. And they, they provide clinics. Um, people can go to their different clinics uh, to participate in drug trials and things like that. Um, they, hang on, I have my notes out here because I can't even tell you what all they do off the top of my head, but they are, they're amazing. So they, the foundation is nationwide. Um, they support lab research, clinical research, um, and some of the medications that they are working on, uh, 
they're developing different drugs for, uh, like I said before, hopefully uh, leading to a cure. One just got released, um, or approved, sorry, not released, but approved by the FDA that should help 90% of CF patients, and that is huge. It's a huge breakthrough. And uh, the CFF, they just, they provide so much funding to make those things happen. Wow, like 90%. That's a, like, from what I hear, like, I know a little bit about, like, life expectancy with this this illness and stuff, and that's, like, for it to be able to, like, help, you know, improve the quality of life and and the length of life, like, uh, how how close are we to, like, that kind of stuff with this? Um, Well, I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't know. But the life expectancy has went from kids weren't even making it to grade school. Like, they weren't even living to age five. Can you imagine that? I mean, diagnosed at two months, you get diagnosed through a sweat test, and you don't produce those sweat glands until you're about two months old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from two months old to maybe not even three to five years old, and now the life expectancy has, it's just, it keeps going up. I mean, it used to be in the 30s, now it's in the 40s and 50s, and even past that, just because the treatments have advanced. Mm-hmm. So, wow. um, hopefully we see a cure in our lifetime, that would be, that would be incredible. What uh, what inspired you to do this and get involved? Oh boy, you'd have to ask me that. I'm probably gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, um, you know what? That's what this show's for. So I, I mean... know, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, well, okay. So probably a lot of your listeners know Michael Bowden. Um, I have known him since I was 14 years old. Met him at the skate park in good old GC. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he has cystic fibrosis. So uh, just kind of being friends with him and watching his struggles and hearing his testimony, um, it just really, it really has affected my life and my posture on raising awareness because I didn't even know what cystic fibrosis was until I met him. Mm -hmm. And just knowing somebody on a personal level that you're close with and who you love and care for and watching them struggle and not always being able to have their medications because they are expensive. Like no sane person would spend this amount of money on anything other than to save their life. I mean, it's, it's insane. And you know, he's always wanted to be a dad and well now he's married and has a stepson and he gets to live that dream. And I'm just praying that this medication will be one that he can get his hands on and that will help him. Wow. Well, here, I, I'm going to do something for you on this program. Um, I, you know, I know things mean a lot to you. You've always supported me in the things that I've done. And uh, I was going to announce it a little later at the end of the show. But uh, after we got off with Hope Hernandez, uh, Hope is going to be carrying my book at the Curb Appeal Boutique. And Hope is such a good person. She is like, no, I'm just going to try this out for you, and I want to help you make some money. So instead of Hope taking a cut, uh, Hope doesn't want to take any money from me. So the money that I was going to give to Hope, it's about $5 per book. If you buy uh, a book of mine at the Curb Appeal Boutique, that $5 is going to go to your fund, Kaylee. Oh, Nick, thank you. I want to help out. That's you know? amazing. <clears throat> it's just cool. You know, you're, you're always at my shows. You're always uh, there for me on the road, you know. Uh, you know, there's been times I, th- I don't even remember. I think it was you or Tisha, one of you, like when I was stranded somewhere and I had an issue. I had a hotel run my card 
for an entire week's stay when I had stayed one night and it had like depleted all the money I had had. And one of you guys, I don't remember which one it was, it sent me like $50 or something like that just because I couldn't get, <laughs> I couldn't get from A to B and a lot of like people chipped in and were helping me there, you know, and I've always yeah. gotten a lot of people reaching out and like doing things for me and, and you know, it's time to give back a little more and that's what this show's about. And uh, $5 per book, you know, it's, it's not a whole lot, but it, it's going to help a little bit. Thank you so much. That's amazing. So You're that's amazing. A, that's also a plug for Hope's uh, business, too. So it's Absolutely. A, we'll, uh, we'll make sure everyone knows that, too, that $5 per book is going to go to you. Oh, thank you so much. So tell yes, us, go support Hope. She's awesome. I yeah, love her. Exactly. <laughs> she actually donated some stuff, correct? She did. She sent me some auction items for my table, so I'm, I'm super excited to promote her there also. That's awesome. So, uh, how can everyone go about, like, donating to this, or? Oh, I have a website link. It's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you can go to my personal campaign website. It's finest.cff.org backslash Wichita backslash Kaylee Newell. And if you, uh, there. aren't going to remember that like any normal person, you can scroll down, <sighs> to the, you can scroll down to the bottom of this episode here. And there'll be a link for this at the bottom where you guys can uh, donate and help Kaylee out and uh, just help her make a difference, man. It's just always good to see my friends, like, doing things that matter. Well, thank you, Nick. I truly appreciate it. We appreciate you being here. Put it in your mouth. teeth up and down. Up and down. Good numb nuts. Now you gotta swallow it. Tilt your head back and let the meat slide down your throat hole. Easy. Don't choke. Popeye's chicken is fucking awesome. Now eat up. You're gonna need your energy. Welcome back to the program. Uh, I just want to thank Hope Hernandez for that amazing interview today, and I want to thank Kaylee Newell for stopping by and talking about her foundation and uh, what she's trying to earn. And you guys remember, uh, you can pick up my book at the Curb Appeal Boutique, and every book you buy, $5 will go to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and will uh, help benefit Kaylee's cause. But uh, it's now time for the main event of the show, uh, Mr. Bath and Body Works himself. Addison, how are you? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing great, uh, especially because people have been messaging me thinking that you're actually sponsored by Bath & Body Works. Six Candle Line. It's uh, scheduled to release October 21st. All of them will be... time for Halloween. All of them will be completely splatter-free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're EPA... Uh, approved and they're all vegan too, so <laughs> should be good for everybody. So if you uh, if you also need a lunch to take to school, you won't be missing. You can take one of these candles because they're completely edible. <laughs> yep, you can do all of the things with them. <laughs> so we are talking about our mothers today on the program. We figured, you know, it's going to be an episode of strong women. Who's stronger than the women that raised us? Uh, especially your mom, man. Your mom, like, uh, not only had to deal with you, but had to deal with me 
and the uh, rest of the gaggle of idiots that was always in the basement. I'll tell you what, man. Um, the fact that my mom was able to not kill all of us by the time <laughs> we actually left the house is amazing. So I will never have enough thanks for her and enough appreciation for all of the stuff that she put up with. But, yeah, uh, there's definitely some stories we're going to tell here that's going to be very uh, very important to know how much your mom appreciates you even when she hates you. <laughs> I have to add, uh, my mom had never heard the story about her. Like, she didn't catch me that night I was sneaking out that we told on the, the show a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I, I asked her about it. I just told her the whole story at length. And my mom still gets angry at me the same way at 34 years of age that she did when I was actually 13 sneaking out of the house. Like, she was just as upset about it. It was like I told her the day after it happened. Yeah, so don't look forward to a show after this week because Nick's actually grounded for the next two weeks <laughs> after that incident. So it's going to be kind of hard to do a show when he's half, when he has to sit in his room with no TV. For real, it's going to be no recorder, no laptop, no Huffy, no nothing. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be just on par with uh, the years like 1995 until 2003. <laughs> All right, let's talk some mom stories, huh? Yeah, go for it, man. I, I really want you to tell the one we were talking about off the show the other week. We were talking about back to school, and Addison had a great story about the time he pierced his lip that I cannot wait for you guys to hear. So I think that's the best way to lead off. All right. Um, we're looking at, like, circa 2004, maybe? 2003, 2004. Um, one of our buddies had a friend who uh, who said that he would pierce his lip for him and so he asked me if I wanted to do it too and like at first I'm like no I don't want to do it but then you know I'd seen so many people that had lip piercings and so I was intrigued and so I was like you know what whatever how much so to show the show how sanitary things were and how legit this was this dude offered to pierce uh, my lip for 20 bucks at his house in, like, his bedroom. So super <laughs> shady to begin with. Um, but when you're, like, 16, you don't really understand that kind of stuff. Now, so I, I just kind of went with it. I, I just got to jump in here. Uh, was this around the time you were in your AFI phase when they put out that new album? Uh, it may have been. I may have been a little... Uh, uh, obsessed with Davey Havoc, um, <laughs> who has a very pronounced lip piercing, so I may have been kind of in that realm where I wanted to look like old Davey H. <laughs> so anyways, um, so we go to this dude's house. Uh, I'd met him maybe like once or twice before, and so uh, he pierced, I think he pierced my buddy's lip first, and so, you know, you see this happening, you see the pain that he's going through, and you're like, you know, I don't know if it's really worth it. Uh, maybe I could still back out, but then, of course, you can't be, uh, you know what, so you gotta, you just got to deal with it and go for it. So after uh, my buddy got his lip pierced, um, I was up, and so, you know, he, he, 
I don't, you know, honestly, I don't even remember if the needle was clean or if <laughs> it came out of a sterile packaging or anything like that. You know that. what, it, I, I think there's it, a good chance it was not clean. It was a... No, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's probably the same needle that he just pierced my buddy's lip with. But, um, he didn't wear gloves or anything like that. I don't even, I mean, he had no, his piercing experience was probably... Your buddy. Uh, what he just did, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say that was probably it. So at least I was second, not first. Um, so he pierced my lip. It hurt a whole lot. Uh, probably wasn't the right way to do it or anything, but he just shoved a needle through my uh, lip, and then that was it. He put like a clear spacer in there because I had made a comment to him that obviously I was not approved by my mom to do this. So he he gave me this like spacer type deal that he said would like hide it and, and whatever the case is and of course I believed it so <laughs> after we get it pierced uh, we both think we're really cool we're like looking at each other and, and like seeing that we both have our lip pierced whatever so we go to the store and we get I mean the guy was at least nice enough to say hey you probably need to go get like some back team so you can clean it regularly because if not it's going to get infected and, and everything like that so we had the opportunity to to get some like post piercing uh, information which was nice uh, if I if the internet would have been a big thing then I probably would have left him a, like a four or five star review um, about the about how I felt about my experience but <laughs> So we went to the store, we got some back teen, um, and then we just parted ways. So uh, the next day I go to school and I come home for lunch and my mom is home. And I don't know why she's home. She's like home earlier than she normally is. And so I'm talking to her and I like get through all of lunch. And as I'm getting ready to go back to school, I'm talking to her and I'm like trying to be cool and trying to hide this lip piercing but like you know how you you like talk to somebody and you, or like especially with my mom like I could like see her zoning in on my lip and like I started to like panic because I knew that she knew but I was going to try and play it cool and, and just keep talking so I was just talking out of my ass and I didn't even know what I was talking about and she just kind of stopped me and she said what is that? in your lip and I was like I mean I mean the gig was up but I was like well let's see if I can just like prolong this for a little bit longer and I was like what are you talking about I don't have anything in my lip she's like did you pierce your lip and then I was like uh maybe and so she's like no you definitely did why did you do that like I don't have an answer for that I mean I, I can't just I can't just say oh because it's cool and Davey Havoc did it obviously Sing the Sorrow was a great album so obviously <laughs> I want to be a part of him you know and a part of what they did um she wouldn't understand that so I was like I don't know because it was it's cool and she's like okay well I need you to go ahead and take that out and so I said no I'm not going to take it out I'm, I'm leaving it in here I went through this pain so I'm going to go ahead and keep it in there she's like no you're going to take it out. You're not going to have your lip pierced. And so I said, well, um, sorry, but yeah, I am going to keep it pierced. And of course, you know, I'm 16 years old, so I, I basically run the world. Um, <laughs> so I, I told her that I was not going to take it out. And so there was nothing she was going to do to be able to uh, keep me from 
makes sense. Anyways, so she's like, okay, fine. And, like, I mean, instant fear struck me because whenever she just, like, says something like that, like, I know something's going to happen. Um, I don't know what it is, but, like, it's like her preparing for um, a big F you to me and to really prove a point as to who's the elite and who's the alpha in this scenario. <laughs> so I go back to school. Um, I, I, you know, I rock this lip piercing all day. Uh, I try to show literally everybody so they think I'm cool. Uh, like four people out of the 60 thought it was cool. Everybody else thought it was kind of lame, but whatever. Um, so school gets over. I go back home. And at this point, like, uh, I think, I don't know, like 46 failure was still a thing, right? That was what the band was at the time. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Nick's brother and a couple of other of us, other of us had this band. And so we practiced at this other uh, one of the bandmates' houses. And so after school, we would walk to my house because it was right by the high school. And then we would drive over to um, our drummer's house. So I walk in, and I still have the lip piercing, and my mom's still pissed from lunch. So I said, well, um, I'm not going to take this out, and I am going to... Um, I'm going to go to band practice. So, uh, I don't, I don't want to really talk about it. I was being super dramatic, of course, but I was like, I don't want to talk about it. And I'm going to go to band practice. And she goes, okay, good luck. And so I'm like, she, like my mom doesn't say good luck, uh, for, for anything. So I'm like, so I like stop. I go, good luck with what? She goes, good luck getting to band practice because I disabled your car. And I go, what? And she's like, yeah, I disabled your car. You're not going to go to band practice because your car doesn't work. And I said, what do you mean it doesn't work? She's like, I'm not going to tell you what I did, but it cannot be driven right now. <laughs> and so you just, like, you got to make a decision. Like, are you going to... Um, are you going to take the lip piercing out and just deal with that? Or are you going to allow, like, your future band career that you thought was going to, like, <laughs> excel you into, like, Warner Brothers signing you if you're going to let, like, something like your car getting disabled uh, keep you from that dream? So I'm like, and, and of course I put up a little bit of more of a fight, and I tried to see if I could, like, somehow keep the lip piercing and still um, go to band practice but it definitely didn't work out and and so I said well that's fine I'm going to walk then if that's how it's going to be and so I, I started walking and like literally from my house to the to the drummer's house was if I was walking it would be like two hours just <laughs> not even a realistic like proving of my point to just walk to band practice because they already it was like winter and I was already cold after walking like two blocks so so anyways um, to sum it all up I no longer have a lip piercing uh, my car was reassembled to where I could operate it and uh, like the 
ability to hide anything from my mom was pretty much non-existent because I basically got caught every single time I tried to do anything. Do you want to know how I could tell your mom really loves you and cares about you in that story? Why? She how? she went out of her way to think to give you enough credit that if she told you what was wrong with the car that you would be able to fix it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> when in reality, like, it was like, nah. And just to put this into perspective, from where Addison lived from the drummer would have taken me 15 minutes to walk to. So, <laughs> it just shows you how often you had to walk anywhere, like, back in the day. It's so terrible, yeah. That's so and great, like, man. That's so great. <laughs> um, well, and, like, um, you know, she told me later in life that she hadn't really done a whole lot to the car to really disassemble it. I think maybe she, like, disconnected the battery or something. Yeah. Like, but, um, and she said that she actually had to call somebody to, like, tell her what she could do to not, like, completely disable the car forever, but just to kind of do that to prove a point. So, yeah. But shame on me. That's what I get. That's so hilarious. And I, I, I remember, like, uh, your outbursts when your mom would, like, get one up on you every time. It was just get mad and storm out every single time. I'm like, well, I think I think she won this one, <laughs> like, every time. Yeah, she literally won every single one. I never got one over on her. She just, she just always knew when I was lying or when I had done something that I knew I was going to be in trouble for. She always just was able to catch me. So I don't know why I kept trying. Like, I thought maybe uh, at one point I would actually win one and uh, um, and just, like, be like, oh, yeah, I'm the champion now and, like, have the, the championship belt. But definitely didn't happen. She won every single time. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know. My mom was the same, man. You know, it was just one of those things. Like, she saw everything and heard everything. I remember one time... I was playing basketball in the driveway, and, uh, you know, you just get going, you're playing with your friends, and you start talking trash to each other or whatever, and I, like, was always careful because I was at my house to not curse, but I would say, like, one or two things, and, like, just quietly, you know, where I'm like, no one can can hear this at all, and then I'd go inside, and my dad would be pissed, and I'd be like, what, why, why are you pissed? Well, your mom heard what you said outside. What do you mean mom heard what I said outside? You're out there big mouthing with your friends. And he just get he just come down on me. Or just like this other time, I remember uh I was it was like after school and my mom like didn't pick me up from school when from this point. I would walk home a lot of the time, but sometimes like my mom would walk and meet me and we would go get my brother from school. And uh I remember just coming out of school one day, and there was a girl that was in my class that I didn't, like, pick on her, but we just kind of messed with each other all the time, you know, as far as, like, just kind of pestered each other. And I was running by her, and I slapped all the books out of her hands, and she, like, yelled at me. And I didn't even know my mom was in the line of sight of that happening, but I had, like, walked two blocks, and then my mom made me turn around and go back to the school and apologize for what I had just done. I'm like, how did you even see that? That was, like, two or three blocks away. Like, I'm not blind, Nicholas. But yeah, man, I think it's, like, some sort of, like, eagle eye sense, man. They 
they just know. It's, it's like a like a radar when they know you're screwing up. They just like like hone in on that stuff. <laughs> like for real, it's just like I'd be outside and I would just have a bad thought in my mind and I would just hear on the window and I'm like, what? And I'd turn around and I would be like, don't you be doing that. I see what you're with that shovel. And <laughs> or maybe I was just that bad of a child that, you know, it was already figured. <laughs> it's just already figured out and implied that I was going to do something dumb. <laughs> I told you about the time that I set the alley on fire, right? And my mom caught me. Yes. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell everybody else. Yes. <laughs> another, you know, another, like, failed attempt at being secretive. So, um, some of us decided that we were going to build a tennis ball bomb. Um, FBI, if you're listening, please do not put me on the, like, terrorist watch list for this. <laughs> now, um, but before you get into this story, okay. was this an invention of the Anarchist Cookbook? Uh, will not confirm or deny. That, <laughs> but maybe. I just um, want to know if it bomb. was the same tennis ball bomb I tried to make that I quit halfway because it was taking way too long. <laughs> I may have found an online publication similar to what the Anarchist Cookbook <laughs> would look like. Um, I think I downloaded it on LimeWire, and then I got 75 viruses on my computer after that. <laughs> Anyways, so the purpose of the tennis ball bomb was that you put a bunch of matches into a tennis ball that you cut and then when you throw the ball on the ground it ignites the matches and causes a, a bomb within the like an explosion within the tennis ball so I won't tell you how to make it obviously that would be terrible for me to say but so apparently the equipment that we got in order to make that was incorrect and so uh, we got everything set up to make the bomb and then we <laughs> so stupid we we sat there and threw it on the ground for like 35 minutes trying to get it to ignite and so like like we we could see that this was not going to work and it wasn't going to be successful <laughs> so we walked out to the alley behind my house and we decided that because we were we wanted to see fire obviously so we went back and we set the tennis ball on fire and we wanted to see how high the flame could get. Um, and so like, granted, this is like August in Southwest Kansas. So the amount of rain that we got was like zero. So the conditions were extremely dry, which means that if we would have set the fire, like anywhere near any type of like foliage or, or grass or weeds or anything, it would have just ignited the entire part of the city. So so we had, had uh, developed a pretty good fire. A lot of good smoke had been like pluming from the alley. <laughs> so we're all standing there in the middle of the alley and like it's getting close to the five o'clock hour and beyond. And so I see that at one point um, we're all standing in the alley and I see my mom's car drive by. And so we all just kind of freeze and don't really know what to do, thinking that maybe she didn't see it and that she was just <laughs> going to go home and we were going to be able to extinguish it and get it out of the way. Well, what we tried to do was throw it in the dumpster, which was not the best idea um, because it was still smoldering. So definitely don't do that. 
so um, I see that she backs up and starts driving down the alley because, I mean, there's a huge smoke stack coming from the alley and then all of us idiots standing around the thing. So she, uh, she starts going down the alley. And so, like, true terrible criminals, we all <laughs> run back towards my house. Like, we don't run down the alley or try and run a different direction. We literally run back towards the house that we know she's going to end up at. Uh, one of my buddies um, ends up, like, running to the side of the house. He, like, turns his ankle, and he's hurt, and he's injured. <laughs> and I just kind of stand there because I know that I'm screwed, so I just don't even deal with it. I just I just accept what's going to happen, and I just stand there and, and know that I'm caught. And then one of my other buddies runs into the house, and, I mean, obviously gets caught because she comes back to the house. And so we all get, we all get in trouble. We all have to like face our punishment like I didn't get to go to the first football game of the year because of my actions and it's like it's just another like terrible failure of like being sneaky and doing all this like this stuff that I didn't think I would ever get caught with and I just I just fail so miserably that story is funny every time I don't care how many times I hear it play it's because your mom is so chill, and then she gets mad real good. Like, <laughs> it was terrifying, man. I got suspended from school once, and like, I was more scared of the fact that she was coming to pick me up than I was of actually being suspended. <laughs> you know how your parents, like, whenever they walk in, you know that they're pissed, that they give you like this death glare, and it's terrifying. Like, you you just like you want to ask the principal, like. Are you sure you want to give me that out of school suspension? Like I could all spend however many days in in school suspension because I do not want to go home. I don't feel safe at home knowing <laughs> that my mom is this upset. Are you sure it's safe that I go home with them? <laughs> yeah, like we can talk about this like with the counselor and stuff and like come up with a plan and then they're always like, "You know what? Get out and you deal with it." So, yeah. Yeah, moms are terrifying, man, especially when you screw up and you know you screwed up and you can't really, like, fix it because you know you just have to accept what's about to come. My mom used to do this thing where it was, like, uh, conferences were three days. You know how they'd have the one day where you're off school, like, or the couple yeah. of days where you're off school, and then the last day, it was, like, half a day. So it would be, like, the first two days, nothing, no mention of conferences, you know, I'd be like, oh, heck yeah, all I got to do is get till 2.15 today or whatever the time was, you know, like. And then, like, 2 o'clock, I'd see my mom, where are you going? I'm going to your conference. Oh, crap. But it was like, <laughs> I knew she did it on purpose. She was like, you know what, he doesn't think I'm going to play the game. I'm just going to wait till the fourth quarter every single time. And then it was just that uh, awkward period where my mom would sit there and turn and glare at me and my dad would... He'd do this thing where he'd put his hand up by his mouth and cover his face like he was disappointed, and he would keep glancing at me, and I'm like, I'm going to die. But it's just, it's over from here, yep. you know? Yep. I don't know why I woke up today, because I may as well have not, may as well have just stayed asleep. Yeah. Dude, it's scarier whenever they don't say anything, they just stare at you, and you're like, man. You start, like, <laughs> replaying everything that you, you screwed up, and you're like, oh, I wonder what it is. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to, like, play your hand, and... Say something that you that they don't know happened, and then that just makes me even more upset. 
I'd go home and automatically go back into like, oh, I need to clean mode. I was gonna clean this bathroom all along. Like, <laughs> yeah, you try and right that ship even though it's already sinking. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't know why I would stay on it. You know, it's like it was such a stupid like endeavor at that point. It was like uh, the grades are bad. I know they're bad. I should just sit down and admit this and promise to change. But you know, they're empty words. <laughs> generation of kids who just had that race between you and the mail carrier you know <laughs> it's like yeah, exactly. i've got to yeah. get those grades first absolutely i think um, when you have siblings though it's different because it was one of those like god i hope my brothers failed too and are doing this also because uh you know one brother would get decent grades and then me and the other would just be like crap you know we got home and intercepted our grades but then the guy with the uh, with the a's is like, oh, hey, I got all A's. Right. Where's your grade card? Oh, crap. <laughs> the uh, good thing about being the only child is that you just fall directly on the sword and you just let it go deeper and deeper and you really can't go anywhere. <laughs> and you just have to, you can't deflect any of that uh, anger towards anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> How you made it this long, like, without your mother. Your, your mom is, like, infinitely patient, man, like just uh having everybody over all the time i think like i i fear being that house if i ever have children like i don't even you know <laughs> i i don't like a lot of people here so i can just imagine having a bunch of young kids and having to atone for like being uh, the punk kid at your house forever <laughs> yeah and you i mean you look at like how many bands that we produced and tried to produce and like how many practices we had in the basement and just the awful sounds that would emanate from <laughs> from down there and like like for those that don't know and for those that like weren't around when we were making our bands we never played like the James Taylor and the acoustic <laughs> pop uh, like super slow except for letters from a sinking ship big ups to L F <laughs> uh, two song demo probably still available on MySpace hope you guys like it anyways um, yeah but like aside from that man we just play like awful metal music with tons of breakdowns tons of angry uh, guitar riffs and, and just screaming and like for her to be able to to deal with that and just deal with it over and over and over knowing that she's not going to have any peace because we're going to practice for like three and four hours at a time it was just it's crazy like and you don't think about that stuff in the moment but like looking back on it it's like man she could have easily just been like you know what i don't want you guys here anymore go practice somewhere else not only that but it's like after we kind of like weren't doing the band i mean we were still doing the band but we were like practicing somewhere else at that point and then we would just have bands stay at your house. So it was like everyone had to go up through, 
you know, up through the kitchen and go to the bathroom. And, like, your mom was just so cool about it. I remember, uh, God, do you remember, I think we had sloppy meat eaters come to town. And we're all hanging out in the kitchen. And it, do you, I don't know if you even remember this story. But we're just, like, in there talking. And we can hear, like, someone who was with one of those bands that was with them. And they're in the bathroom, like, taking a shower with their girlfriend and are totally just yeah. going at it. And you remember that? And I your did, mom man. your mom could hear it, too. And your mom was just trying to be so chill about it and not say anything. But I could tell. I was like, oh, my God, she's angry. <laughs> it was so awkward, dude. We, like, I, we all knew. Like, everybody knew what was going on. And it was super awkward. But, yeah, so for a while, the, the house, or my house, was like an Airbnb for bands and like anytime a band would come through we would we would house them at my house and sometimes it would be like just one band it'd be like two or three dudes or four dudes whatever but like we had a couple where it was i mean we were looking at like almost 10 people just hanging in the basement sleeping down there and like that's a huge um that's a huge thing because obviously people aren't quiet yeah like we, um, we definitely were yeah, and there were bands that stayed for, like, days at a time. Not just, like, coming through. Um, like, I know we had a couple times when Arcasia came through, and uh, big ups to those guys, big ups to Syracuse, New York, because I miss you guys a lot. But, like, to be able to have those dudes there for, like, like three and four and five days at a time was crazy. Um, but the good thing is, though, man, is, like, everybody was so respectful. And uh, for the most part, and like that, I think that helped a lot is that people weren't rude and people like respected that they were getting an opportunity to stay at a house and they didn't have to pay for a hotel. So they like minded their P's and Q's and like respected the rules and everything. So I think that helped to kind of alleviate any issues that would have arose from them hanging out there all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't really remember a time past that shower incident where somebody was, like, just blatantly disrespectful. And I really don't think they were trying to be. I just think they were very unaware of how thin the walls were, you know? <laughs> like, right, exactly, yeah. So, God, man, we've, uh, we've really, like, uh, we could probably stretch this into another episode. But uh, we've been talking for quite a bit about this, and uh, I don't feel like we've even scratched the surface. So uh, if you guys are digging this show, let us know online. You can hit me up at Nicholas Grooms on Twitter, at Official Nicholas Grooms on Instagram. And uh, let us know you, if you guys got some cool mom stories. You can come on the show another time when we do. I, we definitely got to do a part two after this. Oh, absolutely. I think we could stretch that out. Uh, we have plenty of stories that we could just just jump into. Let everyone know where they can reach you just in case they need to get their Addison Morgan Bath and Body Works candle. Yeah, I'm about to launch a Facebook group where you can join my candle uh, company and you can vote on the new scent for uh, fall and you can also vote on the new scent for winter. I don't know. I don't think that's even going to happen. That's a lie. So anyways, <laughs> um, you can find me on Facebook, Addison Morgan, and a couple of you have hit me up on Instagram, and so I appreciate that. So I know that it's actually being uh, utilized. So on Instagram, you can look me up at Addison Away, A-W-E-I-G-H. 
And as usual, we appreciate you guys listening in. And I just want to remind you guys one more time. The Curb Appeal Boutique is now selling my book, Me, Myself, and I Hate You. You can pick it up for $15 a copy. And when you pick it up, like, uh, Hope is such a cool person, Addison, that she doesn't want to take any money for the book. She will not take any money from me. So we are donating that $5 per book that Hope was to get for her business to Kaylee Newell's uh, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation Fund. They're raising money. They're helping people out. So check it out. And uh, I'm going to be donating a little bit of money for every book you buy in my store as well. Uh, and that's at uh, nicholasgrooms.bigcartel.com. You guys can check us out there. And we will see you guys next week. Yo, Syntax is the hottest MC out today, son. Yo, he got the, the hottest beats. I'm telling you, yo, you need to go cop his album, yo, because it's, it's off the shizzle. <laughs> what, 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 what? Yo, I'm that kid in the cap on the corner spitting raps, catching daps from politicians, attorneys, and hood rats. Extra something special, make the people react. Now your friends and your grandma slapping me on the back. It's exactly how Christ taught his people to act. Gotta know where they're from before you feel where they're at Our love for one another puts his name on the map Yo, I'm a jack of all trades, rocking a Kango cap But some still resist, never gave us a chance They try to put us in a box, we broke the cardboard flag break dance on the preconceived notion of fact That rappers can't believe and believers can't rap Yo, we snapping the mold and breaking new ground Deep space turning your stereotypes down And rearrange how you think the boombox sounds You put it down on the curve for the love of the crown It's like wherever you're from, yo, it's a same old spot, don't stop with your street, you'll make the world your block, blow the top off again, they try to keep in a box, we're gonna build, 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 and build, and just build, like wherever you're from, yo, the same scars cut, set the roof off the sky, the all stars struck, live life in a way, they feel it deep in the gut, we're gonna give, 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 and give, and just you Your curve appeal is when they feel what you're doing on the block, from the cop on the beat, to the brothers in the barbershop, I got heat for street thugs and net nerds, cause I confront fake with false with multi-syllable words, man, child Lapdick told you once we're universal Song so slick, true heads turn commercial Stick to what I do best, barrel out my chest It's my heartbeat that makes the beat People connect, some live by the sweat of what hasn't been done yet No gimmicks, I just live it, put Christ in context Styles turn to dust and the rush of what's next Don't believe me, ask phone thugs and dice effects They lost effect, you can't gloss respect To speak simple and plain, to gain a paltry check Some of y'all yapping how you raised the bar So I stepped over it, lowered it, now everyone can follow like wherever you're from, yo, it's the same old spot Don't stop with your street, make the world your block Blow the top off the game, they try to keep in a box We're gonna build, 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 and build, and just build Like wherever you're from, yo, the same scars cut Take the roof off the sky, leave an all-star strike Life in a way, they feel it deep in the gut We're gonna give, 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 and give, and just give Paperboy, vagabond, valet, a squeegee man Prostitute, a profit, working corners where they stand Selling salvation plan, or money-making scam Each one of us is a and in our hearts to please fans Pack stadium stands in your mind making the band On a curb or in a coliseum Life's a stage Every day you gotta come Ready to play Hold sway on the curb Christ's words convey Fight the flight of the talent Raise bird or prey Aching back Breakonomic snapping Vertebrae Cause rapping's more than just the rhyming words we say It's all about time and finding your own way When you step between the lines Remember your game face Let them think you got a pair When you're holding the straight You have to choose to walk away Or keep strolling by faith I'll be making my appeal for as long as it takes It's, it's like wherever you're from, yo, it's the same old spot Don't stop with the street, make the world your block Blow the top
pop off the game We try to keep in a box We're gonna build, build, build and build and just build Like wherever you're from, yo The same scars cut Tear the roof off the sky And leave them all starstruck Live life in a way They feel it deep in the gut We're gonna give, give and give and just give Just give.